0: get ready for the world's greatest arsenal podcast welcome to another podcast by guns and yellow ribbons enjoy the show
1: Hello, good evening, welcome to another podcast by Guns and Yellow Ribbons, I'm Fergus, I'm your host, uh, and it's my three good mates who are in, in the other three squares, Guna Hilsey just in from work, uh, Capo Dan, topping up his tan, and over in Copenhagen, uh, we've got Alex. How are we doing boys? It's, Trev, um, you okay? It's, they're, not,
2: they're not squares by the way, they're rectangles, but never mind.
1: Rectangles, okay, yeah, what is it? Yeah. <laughs> but, messed it up oh, already. Trev. I have messed it up.
0: Trev, you Okay. Yeah, I'm good. Thanks, Ferg. Knackered. I've done a full-out word today. I don't know why I do it. I don't have to, but I did it anyway, and I'm knackered. But looking forward to this tonight, because there's lots to come out of the game on Monday, isn't there? Lots to come out of the weekend, football in general. The only thing that... uh, Great game, great win. The only thing I'm on a downer about is what are we talking about most? What have we been talking about most? Again, the same old story, but we've got to leave it behind. We've won again. I'm looking forward to this.
1: Alex, um, uh, you've been busy this week writing for the Guna fanzine. You've done your player ratings. You've done um, uh, a piece on Havertz and you've done a piece on uh, Arteta's tactics and how he's using party, which we'll talk about. But you've been busy. Otherwise, did you get any time to watch the game?
3: Yeah, I did. I, I went to the pub to watch the game with a couple of mates. Um, but yeah, it was a long weekend with no uh, with no Arsenal. And I almost thought that David Cooch spoiled our... On Monday night, uh, which Trevor touched upon right there, but uh, but yeah, luckily we got the we, we hung on and got the three points, and then I went home and did my ratings and all the other stuff. So yeah, been busy um, watching Arsenal and analyzing some some of the stuff from the game, but it's been good. Yeah. And um,
1: I you had the pleasure of me um, Dan at uh, at Palace. It was myself, yourself, and, and a good friend from the North Bank, uh, James. Um, and uh, you know you were topping up your tan, and we 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 ch- chatted to Sophie and KC. Here's a little video of us. Me and Dan today, not Trev, no nobody, I know. He had his two beers this morning, he's not allowed (laughs) out. (laughs) Listen, we're on the way down to Sellers Park, it's a nice and sunny Monday
2: evening. It's bloody late though, isn't it for a game of football? It is, but it's a nice day out to be honest. It is. Nice being in the sun. We don't normally get us on a weekend.
1: No, we don't. Finish work um, a little bit early, a couple of beers up in... the. 5.30 on the dot. 5.30, 5.15 for me, yeah. Oh, okay. I'll finish late than you then. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But you were there before me. Okay. Start again. <laughs> so, <laughs> so listen. What are you looking forward to tonight? They got no Lou said uh, Zaha's gone. Eze is really the main
2: threat, isn't he? They'll be difficult to break down, but I do actually expect us to go here and win three Um I actually think we're, we'll come here and dominate the game. I think the team that we've got ready is is a level above what we've had when we've come here before. Um, I think they're not quite. They're still a good side, Palace, but they've not quite got the front on the counter that they used to have. Um, and yeah just think we're we're ready to come here and show that we're sort of top contenders and three
1: points great little ground great um well not for a view not for a view no we've got restricted view uh roll 27 and uh, i think we can see half the pitch um but they're, they're they've got their little um equivalent to the ashburn now i think the holmesdale uh,
2: i can't remember what they, they are but they, they make a good them, noise just call them tottenham with they oh, i don't really they make a they. lot of noise don't they? they do so do spurs fans they still win nothing so Oh, he's so bitter. I'm Look, not bitter. What do you think? Do you think we're going to win tonight? Yeah, I do. I do. I think I, I'm
1: like you. Yeah, I went 3-0. I'd like to see a clean sheet. I really want to see a clean sheet. I think Ramsdale needs a clean sheet. I'd like us to see, see Arteta win on a Monday night. He hasn't won on 12 Monday nights in a row. So that's what I'd really like to see. You're negative today, aren't you? I'm not negative. Not seeing this win. First time no, for Arteta- everything. It's a
2: start. We are going to win. A...
1: So there's quite a few points in there that which we, we'll mean, cover. I in a
2: great mood, Ferg. Bringing out a stat we haven't won on a Monday. No, who cares about that? We're the Arsenal. I don't care about that stat.
1: Hey, and listen, listen. Tell me why I like Mondays. That's the name, that's why why it's called this. We like Mondays now. We like Mondays now. Um, the, so. the, 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 the little uh, firm that we talked about, uh, the little uh, uh, thing that uh, Palace have is the Homesdale Fanatics, and they've got a bit of this. <laughs> You can see that the uh, the view is quite limited. But you know what? The, the one thing that stood out for me from this, and Trev, it goes back to what we talked about a few weeks back, about Arsenal and looking after the fans and looking after the Ashburton army. Um, what uh, Palace have done there, I thought has been really good. They've built the section and they're letting them build upon that section with a capo and, and everything else. And I, I, I tweeted on, on Twitter earlier. I'd just like to see Arsenal support that a little bit further. Trev, what, what are your thoughts on just like what they've got going down there and would you like to see it to be supported um, at Arsenal?
0: Um, they've always had a great atmosphere down at the Palace, you know, they've always had a, a raucous crowd. They're known for it. Um, yeah. I, I, I Do you know what, mate? I honestly think that we just need to look after what we've got now at the Arsenal. If you want to give the Ashburton army a few some more tickets. Great. Spread that area a bit. But I think what we need to do is protect what we've got because we've got a stadium that bounces most weeks. We have the odd off game at the moment. And I'm very happy with the way the atmosphere is. I like the way that you boys have got block five, six, and seven going. I like the way that the upper tier joins in. Now we we've have got a stadium that works for our team. And uh yeah, I'm I'm all for the Ashburton army. And if we want to give them some more, some more seats. Give them to them because they don't hurt us at all, but protect what we've got. Arsenal Football Club. We spoke about it last week, didn't we? And about management recognizing the, what's in the business and what they've got. And I think we just need to protect what we've got. I think we do brilliant. I, I love our fans. And we talked about
1: the lineup that we had at, at, uh that was going to be at. Against us at at Sellers Park, there was no Zaha because he's left and gone to Turkey. Um, there was no Elisee because he was recovering for an injury, and in the main, um, it was Eze. Uh, I think was the the, the main threat. Um, Alex, uh, what were your thoughts on on what we were going to uh, come up against? You know, as we pointed out on the video, you know, we hadn't won on a Monday night since Arteta um, came to power. Um, you know, it was it was an important important uh, game for us don't you think
3: yeah i think we have won the the last couple of games against crystal palace but they have been a bit of a banana skin uh, in the past for us and they are a good team as well even though they 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 uh, clearly are lacking some firepower up front um, with sa being their only real threat uh, in my opinion but they are a really re- robust team and and um and do well defensively kept a clean sheet in the first game as well, so I think we all knew we were gonna uh, face a difficult task of breaking down that their, their team. Um, uh, but if, I think if we could uh, keep a clean sheet, I think we'd we'd win the game. Um, and you asked for that as well, and uh, luckily we got that. So yeah, mm. uh,
1: Dan, uh, you know, twelve out of uh, sorry, ten out of twelve victories in London derbies last season. Um, I think we got the the uh, most clean sheets, 10 clean sheets on the road and no other team in the Premier League got, got more clean sheets. I think the closest was six uh, before. You know, we were going into that and as I said in the in the little intro, a clean sheet and, you know, Palace hasn't been an easy game. We, we Whilst we were quite confident in the clip, privately, I think, you know, we knew we could slip up, didn't you think?
2: No, I, I genuinely was quite confident to be honest we'd go and win. I, I just feel like our team is much better than theirs. And, you know, if we'd continued in the way we were with with 11 men, as we should have done, um, I think we would have extended it. You know, we we, we dug in fantastically, but I think we were a much better side. I don't remember them having that many chances and we controlled the game up until that point. I mean, Palace, Palace are a good side. They're always going to be a very tight team on a small pitch to break down. They've got two decent holding midfielders that sit in front of their defence. And even the likes of, sort of Jeffrey Schlupp on one side and, and I on the other, they work up and down very well. Um, and they've got a guy up top in Ed Wild who can hold the ball up. So they're, they're always going to be a difficult team. Um, but we're just far and above what they are, to be honest. But the, the clean sheet is massive. You know, scoring goals wins your games, but clean sheets win you titles. And that's what we need to work towards is, is getting more clean sheets, especially at home.
1: Trevor, uh Roy. I was going to say Roy Obson again. Uh, Roy Hudson um, isn't a man that we normally would associate with a, a more attacking prowess. He's very defensive and pragmatic by nature. But of recent, uh, with the lineup he's got, and even since Saha has gone, he seems to have a slightly bit more attack and a flair about his side.
0: Yeah, absolutely, he does. Um, I think Palace had a couple of their forwards out injured, didn't they? Which, yeah. which obviously hindered them a little bit, but. Whenever you go to Palace, especially and when you go to Palace or when you go and play a Roy ocean team, you know, you're always going to get a game of football, you know. And Roy Olsen's teams will never, ever roll over. He wasn't successful abroad and the England manager for nothing, you know. He's a damn fine manager and a decent bloke as well, by the way. So, when we went down, I know we're going to talk about it in a bit, but in the bigger picture, when we went down to 10 men, I really thought that um, there was going to be backs to the wall and, um, because I knew that Palace would know how to play against us. And they tried. They tried. Um, and I'm going to leave it there because I want to talk about the, the, the wonderful way that we defended later in the game. Absolutely. And the way it reminded me of George Graham. So I'll leave it there for now. But, yeah, I thought we did very yep. well.
1: No, great, great. Listen, just before I'm going to go into our lineup, so I'm going to into the game and talk about all the little points that we've all raised uh, in this like prelude of, of 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 the the podcast. There was one thing that I didn't like, which happened last season, and it happened again. Um, and we even heard uh, some people um, while we we're in London planning um, to just turn up to Palace and just because of the the setup of how it is at the away end there, and to let disabled people in, there's a big gate and some people just rushed the gate and there was quite a few that got in and down where we were on 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 the steps of block where between s and r um it was i, I would hate to see if there was some sort of i don't know uh, it was just overcrowded uh it's, it's the second season going that i've been there it was like that and to be honest it's the third time because i won't be pre-lockdown but in the last two events i i just say to people you know i know it's hard to get tickets but um, and people are lucky if you get there, but you know, you're putting other people and you're putting the club uh, at risk as well, but you're putting other people at risk as well. Um, there was children that I saw in there, uh, getting pushed around and stuff by, by people who had a few beers and, 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 and going, but that's, that's my little bit I wanted to say on the high horse, but let's look at the lineups, the lineups, uh, Tommy, uh, Tommy Asu was in for timber and before the, before the, uh, the game, the team made a. I, I was wondering why they were going for this photograph because we're behind, behind the photograph, but, um, yeah. You can see that Timber is uh, been his number has been held up, so they they went out and played for Timber and Tombiasu was in was in for Timber. The lineups were Ramsdale in Gold, Party, White, Saliba, Tommyassu, Rice, Havertz, Odegaard, Saka, Martinelli, and, and Ketier. Um There was a lot of talk about before the game. I hope that uh, Arteta doesn't play Party at right back again. Um, some people on Havertz back. Some people saying. What's he doing with this tactical sort of change? You know, do, why are we doing this sort of three at the back? Uh, some of this has been covered in some of the stuff that you wrote. Um, in particular, the the party role, um, Alex. I'll come to you first of all. You think that he doesn't really play right back? He he plays right back, probably twenty percent of the game. I'll leave it to you.
3: Yeah, um, I just argued the case of why he, why he's. Uh, deploy Partey in that role Um, and it's something we've seen City done over the last couple of years especially last season with uh, John Stones where um, he'll in in this case it's Partey he'll defend uh, slotting in at a right-back when we uh, are out of possession but as soon as we get into possession um, he'll go into midfield and having him in that hybrid role it just affords us to have an extra attacker which is very useful when we play against uh, those sort of teams where we expect to have the ball for 70 or 80% uh, of, of the game. So, I think it makes sense when we play those sort of teams um, like Forest and like Palace to um, drop uh, Gabriel uh, and then play with party in that hybrid role and afford to have an extra attacker, which can help us break down the, the opposition when they... Um, have a low block. Uh, what did
1: you make of, the, of him playing party in that position then, uh, Trev? Because um, you are a bit confused uh, like many were uh, the last time uh, we talked about this.
0: Yeah, well, Ferg, I have seen it before, mate, and, and watching us play against Palace. I'm not having it that party played right back. Party played in... To me, it looked like a 3-2, 3-2 formation. A bit like the old Herbert Chapman wm formation you know um i thought that party white and odegaard worked brilliantly down that left hand side pushing on dropping back pushing on dropping back there was an amazing understanding between them um if we're going to look for a right back i would put down white as my right back and he's got party playing just in front of him and they're playing off each other and then odegaard's dropping into any space they make um I've got no problem with it, I, I, but I, I just I can't call Rice a what right back. He's uh, not Rush, excuse me. Party Party's not playing right back in my eye. We can argue about it because you can look at it and think, yeah, he is. But for me, he's not. He, he White's the right back, and and Party plays just in front, dropping in when White bombs up the line. It, 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 I think it works brilliantly.
1: Uh, Dan, what's your thoughts on 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 the Party position? Him playing in that type of stone sort of role, and then also Tommy Asu playing on the on the left rather than his favourite. If you were going to play him, he's a centre-back or a right-back, but he played left in where Timber was covering on the left before. It, 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 again, it just makes you question... I'm not questioning Arteta, but you understand, you understand what I mean. You just go,
2: why? Well, he's, um, it's not the first time he's done that, is it, Tommy? Tommy's played left-back a few times before. He played there at Liverpool Home last year and he did quite well there. Um, and the same as the the position that Partey's picking up isn't a new position. It's it's Zinchenko does it, Timber would have done it, and and Partey's doing it. So Partey is effectively third choice in playing that role. But all we're saying is that instead of shifting it from the left, he's going to shift to the right and, and, and invert from there. So the only interesting thing I think with that is that he's picking, I would say, someone like Ben White over Gabriel. And, and the thing that worries me is what's going on with Gabriel. And I hope it hope it's nothing and I hope it's just tactical because Gabriel is a fantastic player. But he's he's effectively gone and moved Ben White across and said, I'm not dropping Ben White, I will drop Gabriel. Now, Gabriel can't play out on the left, I think, like Tommy can. Um, so I'm not surprised he's brought in Tommy Asu. I was just surprised that he didn't drop Ben White instead of Gabriel um initially. But Ben White's been fantastic and and he obviously clearly rates him as one of his sort of nailed on stars, which is which is why he's been there. But the thing with Partey is he's going to play with the ball in central midfield. Without it, he's going to play at right back. And the fact is we don't have much of the game that we don't have the ball, you know, unless, for example, like when we had a man sent off. But the thing for me is Partey, you, you just lose something with him out on the right-hand side. He he can play that role. He's played right back at Atletico before. He's got it in his locker. Um, it's just that, that two-second delay from when he comes out on the wing and moves inside to then receive the ball that the team's already set. And for me, just his his ability to receive the ball quickly and, and break the lines is is what we miss from, from him being out there. Um, having said that, Rice did fantastic in that position. Um, I don't think Rice's natural position will be a six. I think it'll be more of an eight um, when Partey and everyone else is fit and Partey moves centrally. But um, when you've got someone like Rice that can come in and play that six role, it makes it easier to move Partey out. Mm. Um, I have too much of a drop off, so that's the yeah. big improvement from previous uh, years. Like with Lekonga, Arnie's and got a
1: great point. Arnie's got a great point in the chat there. Like last season, we were Very screaming point, out for yeah. a Plan B by by Arteta with against the low block, and now now he has. It would be really interesting to see when we come up against the likes of Manchester United at the beginning of September if we revert back to a four at the back and then uh, that sort of formation. And we're not going to know that until until we come up against the more pressing teams, with the teams have that want to sit. Have back we got
0: up. a Plan B? Well, yeah, this we this is out. what
1: we're saying. This could be the plan B.
0: Yeah. yeah. Now,
2: I don't I don't think this is any different than plan A. The plan A is play with an inverted fullback, and then we then go to a three and a two. That that is plan A. I, I don't think it's a different plan. Yeah. It's just it switches it, from the left to the right.
1: It seemed think, a little bit more obvious right, last I mean, year that that we had a four at the back. Sorry, go ahead, Trev.
0: No, no, just 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 not quite understanding what Dan meant there because I think that. Looking at our squad, you, you've got several ways he can go when he wants to play. That's, I think, that's the reason Tierney's not playing because he don't want to go, he don't want to use that attacking full-back as much that Tierney does out wide. He wants to, to play more down the middle of the field, from what I'm seeing, and move the ball out wide further up the pitch. You know, rather than move the ball out wide from the goalkeeper, we seem to be playing it through the middle a bit and then moving it out wide a bit further up. So. I'm excited by what I've seen. Right, I'm, I'm this Palace in particular. When I saw the ten men, I was excited by what I saw because I saw a bit of Arsenal, a bit of a bit of balls, a bit of strength, a bit of cleverness. Right, a bit of Norse now up here, out to defend against a Palace side that were coming at them, and I thought, wow, I, I, that really that was that was the best thing I've seen in about last last half of last season and the start of this season. Watching how we adapted to play against the 10 men, and we'll move on to it in a minute. But when Gabriel come on, my lord, last 20 minutes, I thought he was immense. And, and, and being able to bring that player off the bench, we ain't been able to do that for years. We ain't been able to do that for years. Bring someone of that caliber with that skill and that passion off the bench, I'm excited by it. I'm excited by what I saw.
1: And another, uh person that we, we we talk about quite a bit and um, talking about change in tactics and um, again, sorry, this is, it sounds like it's a love-in for Alex, but there was a, a couple of articles that you did write <laughs> that, that, that I really did think and, and they made sense to me. And it was the key how Kai Havertz would succeed at Arsenal and uh, to repay uh, Arsenal uh, uh, Arteta's faith. I, I I really like this because I'll summarise it and you can go into a little bit more detail, but basically what you're trying to say is what they're trying to make is the partnership that I saw at Aston Villa between Odegaard, uh, Saka, and Ben White, and the little triangles that they we're playing up on the edge of the box, you want the opposite on, with Martinelli, uh, with um, who was it? it? was Martinelli, Havertz and.
2: Often is it'll is be it?
3: Rice on that left hand side oh, uh, when he's yeah. not playing the six.
1: Yeah. So uh, and and it makes sense. So you got the you've also we got the inverted that you were talking about on the left last year It was Zinchenko. We've now got inverted. Okay, maybe Party isn't the man to play the inverted role, but whoever is going to be in that role. So you've always got a mirror, and everything comes in the middle, goes out again. And it was only actually Trev when you said the WM, maybe maybe he's gone a long way back in the history books and and, and picked up something like that. So Alex, do you want to, Do you want to expand on on the Havertz bit, and then we'll move into the the game full on.
3: Yeah, I mean, there's been a lot of talk of Havertz and focus on him uh, from a lot of fans over the last couple of games. And I think a lot of fans, they want to see goals and assists for him, from him, which he hasn't uh, made yet. Um, but I, I, I think we have to focus on, on the the other things he does so well, uh, which is um, his presence. And his he's uh, covered the most ground over the, the past two games. He's won the most duels. So he he offers a lot of other stuff as well, and then I think his movement off the ball is something we'll see more of, and is something that will surely uh, make him score goals and 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 make more create more assists. And when he sort of cl- uh, starts to click with this with Martinelli on the left, and um, I think Sinchenko will be a huge uh, benefit for him as well. The way he creates angles, uh, Sinchenko, on the left hand side, he'll be able to. Just think the ball in, into Havertz into the box uh, where he's so good at creating space. So I think we've just got to have some patience with Havertz and um, yeah. And if if you um, if you don't think Havertz has done well, try to look at him uh, in the next game and see the way he moves off the ball. Um, he's constantly moving off the ball um, and always uh, sort of creating uh, space for for his teammates. So. Um, yeah, have some patience with Havertz and uh, and notice the things he's do- he does well other than score goals and and a- And just to, f- to finish off, um, I think he he offers a bit of flexibility as well as we saw it at the Palace game when we went down to 10 men. Um, Arteta sent him up as a as the lone man up top and that's something he does well as um, two which is hold up the ball and be sort of a focal point up top. So he offers that that flexibility as well. Um, right, so first half we started with
1: uh, really well uh, Martinelli uh, Havertz as we just said it was uh, set up uh, Martinelli uh, so, I'm just trying to download those photos you sent through to me, Dan. So, I'm multitasking at the very wrong time. Um, but yeah, so we had Havard set up Martinelli uh, for a big chance in the second minute. And then there was a bit of a, a threat from the wing from IU. Um, and Tommy to struggle. Tommy, Tommy struggled throughout the game. Um, Trev, what, what did you think of Tommy's, um, aside from the yellow card, which we know was unjust and we'll, we'll definitely cover that? What, what did you, how did you feel he, he coped in the game overall?
0: It's weird, isn't it, how we see it? I didn't see him struggling at all, Ferg. I thought he handled it all right down that side. IU's a right handful, by the way. And he, and he, and he as we saw later in the game, he, he don't care what he does to get a bit of possession or to get a player booked or get a player sent off. He does not care. He's a he's a pain in the backside, is IU, um, on and off the ball. And I thought that Tommy handled him all right. I wasn't upset with the way Tommy was playing whatsoever. Mind you, I've never been upset with Tommy Asu. I've always thought he... He's a player that plays with his heart on his sleeve and he's not let us down. So, yeah, I didn't see him as struggling, Ferg, to be honest, mate. Not at all. Uh,
1: it, 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 I'll have to be open on this. I wasn't feeling 100% of the game. So, I was struggling to watch the game anyway. And with the view that we had where we were, Dan, it was shocking. You couldn't see... Uh, there was a pillar in the middle of the goal. Uh, and you couldn't see a third of the pitch on on the away fan side. And And we were halfway down the stand, so... You know, I I don't think there's an unrestricted view in that stadium. I just I just thought that he 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 just looked a little bit overwhelmed at times by by the pressure that that Palace were. But Nundam, Dan, did did you see
2: it the same way as me? To be honest, I didn't think he was any better or worse than usual. Um, I felt like he was quite steady. I don't think we really gave Palace much of a chance. I think with Tommy, you can get at him at times. And, and if you're a winger, you can get in behind him and you can turn him. Um, but I don't think he had, I wouldn't say he had a bad game. I wouldn't say he was a fantastic player, you know, standout player for the team on that game. But I don't think he had a bad game. Um, and I think the sort of misconception because of his red card has probably twisted the view on him a little bit. Um, and I think that's probably unjust, um, definitely by well, I'd say probably both the yellow cards. Uh, I'm sure we'll get into that later. But, I, I, yeah, I, f- I feel like he had a he had a solid game for someone that's um, not been playing that regularly, playing on his wrong side, up against someone that's quite tricky. Um thought we did well.
1: Um, so, a player that uh, also comes under a little bit of a criticism had a, a, a... Well, when I've been writing some of the notes and preparing today for for this, the name I wrote down more than anybody else... Is the one that people, including myself, don't rate, which was Eddie, twenty-nine minutes in. Um there's uh Saka spins this ball. I'm I'm just gonna turn the volume off. So um talk to me about this one, Alex. Here we go. So this is the ball by Saka.
3: Yeah, I think this is what Eddie did well this game. Uh, for me that was one of his best games in an Arsenal shirt. Um but yeah, he just received the ball from Saka and just spun off his defender. Um and went to to, uh, to get a shot off immediately. It was a bit of a difficult shot because he was off balance and it was off. Uh, it was on his uh, his weaker foot, but um, uh, he got an even bigger chance later on, which we'll talk about. But yeah, I just think Eddie did really well at receiving the ball um, and then just spinning off his defenders. Um, and that's just his striker ins- instinct, which is, I think, why uh, Arteta likes to play him in, in these games.
1: To answer a couple of questions in the chat um to Ross. Uh, no, I was on I was on the, the water, uh, if I'm honest, I had two beers before the game, and then it was uh, it was water at halftime. I just wasn't well. And yes, Andy, um Trevor is drinking Prime. Arsenal Football Club are now sponsoring him. Uh he's uh, yeah, he's even look he's putting it on plain things we do because we don't get the link on here. He's been sponsored by the club. You know, he's he's very famous now as our Trevor.
0: Smudge, smudge. Trev's drinking a bottle of water. mate. ignore him. <laughs> um, so that was twenty nine minutes, thirty
1: five minutes in. Uh, no, uh, thirty six minutes in. Um, Eddie had this opportunity. Trev, uh, come on, since you're the, you're the, the big sponsored man, let's talk talk about Eddie's um, uh, opportunity. So Rice glides a couple past a few players, and took a perfect pass to Eddie, and then Eddie um, flies over the bar.
0: No, yeah. uh, well, Do you know what, Ferg? I've got to be careful, tonight Because I've made my views pretty... I've not been horrible about him. I've made my views clear that I don't think he's been playing up to standard. When you look at his input into the first two games, you can't make a case for him not playing, right? You can't because he scored a goal in the first game and he's won a penalty in the second game. But what I'll challenge back with is that I want... I'm not seeing defenders panicking when Eddie's on the ball, right? A real good striker gets on the ball and the defender's panic, right? Going to panic mode. They don't do that. And and also those two chances, a top, top-notch striker puts one of them away. He don't miss them both. He don't miss them both. He don't. But on the other hand, as I just said, Eddie's had an input into winning us both of our first two games. And looking at it from that perspective, you can't ask for any more. Right, so let's say I'm just split about him. He's still got to work harder for me, but I'm not upset with the way he's playing.
2: To be honest, I think I think you're spot on, Trev. Um, I watched the game back, and my thoughts were okay. I've been massively harsh on any of that game watching it live um, because his work rate, as always, to be fair to him, is top notch. He, his turned for that first goal similar to the West Ham goal we scored at home last year on on Boxing Day, just obviously he turned the opposite way and it was on his wrong peg. That turns fantastic. And he was quite unlucky to be in the post, but exactly as you said, one of those two chances a top striker scores. And this isn't that Eddie doesn't work hard. This isn't that he hasn't got talent. This isn't that he isn't going to be a good striker because I think he will, but is he going to be a top, top striker that the top clubs need? I don't think he will. And, and, that's not really too much of a harsh criticism on Eddie because how many of those guys are around at the minute? You know, Real Madrid need a a top striker. They haven't been able to go out and get one. There there aren't that many of them around. So compare him to the rest of the strikers, what we can go and spend 40, 50, 60 million on. I don't think you're going to get much more than you're going to get with Eddie. So I just feel like he isn't going to be, he's always going to be a poacher. He's going to always be a near enough, a bit of a tap-in merchant. I don't think he's ever going to be a, a striker that can create something out of nothing and, and win you a game in that respect. But, you know, the penalty that he won, really quick think, thinking, great run, got there quick, ahead of the keeper. Basically, his contribution won us that game. And off the ball, his pressing is always fantastic. You know, that in the build-up to that um, that first chance, the way we pressed the ball as a team was fantastic. And he, and he leads that. So... We are, I think, a bit harsh on him as fans, um, but I think it's also because we expect a top top level striker because of the top level strikers we've had over the years, and and you could name six, seven, eight over the last sort of twenty years and, and probably further. So I think that's probably what affects him as well. He's looking at the you know the past history of the club and the top strikers we've had compared to what we have now.
1: I disagree that I think the fans are harsh on him. I think some people go a bit OTT, uh, but I don't think they're harsh on him. I think. Um, probably along the lines of what you said, that I'd expect better from um, a player in red and white uh, if they're that close. And, but that, on front of the, the goal that many times with the balls that he gets, I'd expect him to score more. But maybe he would be better in another side, but he'd been on loan to Leeds and didn't perform and so on. So uh, let's not... Oh, right. uh,
2: Just on that quick, though, are we are we in danger of having another Xhaka moment? And that, that's the thing that I don't want to be over the top with him on, because so many people love him just like Jacka did. Managers keep him in and around the squad because they like him. Past professionals love him. You know, Kevin Campbell has raved about him. Ian Wright has raved about him. You're not going to really get a better reference than, than those two as well. Um, I, I just don't see that there's many I'd, out
1: there. I'd, I'd Listen it. To- Listen, the, the the Shaka comparison is probably I, I get where you're coming from, but it it's it, it, I I wouldn't like to use that. Shaka got the the, the reasons for 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 different things. I think uh, with Eddie, it's just I don't know. It's just a more how I feel. Not it's nothing personal against him. but How I feel he is as the style of player he is to suit our team. Nothing about the the guy personally or anything like that. And I I just think. I prefer a slightly better player, and there is another player in our squad who can't get into the squad. Who well, we've only seen play once for the first team, and he hasn't been great, but has performed well over in France. And there's a few teams sniffing after him. But I don't know, uh, Trev. Did you want to come back? You've you got to come back in on it. Yeah, it's interesting
0: what you boys said there. And I just when, when you talked before, Fergus, you just you sort of hit the nail on the head, which you probably didn't realize you were doing because you're not clever enough, but. <laughs> right, it's um, Ed, Ed Eddie and Ketia. Right, is a, a thoroughly decent striker and a decent bloke. And we can all feel comfortable about talking about him as we do on his podcast because we don't go, we don't step over the line, do we? You look at some of the social media after the game at the weekend referring to Eddie and a couple of others, it was repulsive, it was vile, it was downright, you know, horrible. We don't do that on here, and, and I think we're quite within our rights to say what we think about players because we do it in a sensible way and, and we do it in a structured way. We've all said that we like Eddie. We've all said that he's scoring goals. We all said we think he could do a bit more, and we hope he does. We shouldn't we shouldn't worry about that in the slightest. Not in the slightest. Saying it how it is, mate.
2: Yeah, I mean, I am... Um, I, I don't think he's going to be the number one striker for our club, but I would argue people would struggle to name a better second striker in the league other than potentially Julian Alvarez for City that has better numbers when he starts for a club than Eddie does. You know, this is a player that doesn't always play regularly. He comes in when Jesus is out injured and he comes in, starts and he scores goals. So I'm not really sure what else he can do other than I think he's just missing the X factor.
0: Yeah, well said. Yeah, well said.
1: Uh, somebody who's not missing the X Factor is Saliba. Saliba, uh, right in front of us, made um, you, you fed me that line, didn't you? Um, <laughs> uh, uh, Saliba made this wonderful tackle um, just about, uh, just about, just before half time. I think it was about 35, 36 minutes in. This tackle was just immense. And what you guys won't have seen uh, afterwards was the pitch. He took half the pitch with him as well. Dan, I was with you and you turned around and looked at me and went, oh, like that. You, you thought he could have yeah. gone normal.
2: I don't know what how I can describe it in a way that's acceptable on air, but there's two things further down that went up into my stomach because I was like, oh, that is bloody close. Um, So much so that VAR even checked it. But I tell you what, watching it back, I don't actually know what VAR were checking. I reckon they just wanted to see it again because it was such a good tackle because he it was, it was spot on. It was a fantastic, fantastic tackle from Saliba. His, his recovery pace... He's fantastic, but then to go and, and you know put in a tackle like that, where if you get the timing slightly off, it's a pen. Um, yeah, just he, he's a he's he's a step above the others. It, people can call him Rolls Royce or whatever you want to call him. He's
0: just he's unreal. Do you know what? Yeah, Fer? We- you know what boys? Mm-hmm. Right? I hated Saliba when he made that tackle because it was absolutely fantastic, and I watched it on the telly as you know I couldn't go, and I jumped up and just clapped and just. It was just super to watch, and it got me another bite from the dog because she don't like me standing up and clapping. So I had the dog hanging off my leg, trying to watch the telly. But uh, never mind, Dan. What you saw it live, I saw it on the telly. I, I just just thought, oh wow, wow. We've got because in that situation, tackling from behind like that in the box, these bloody useless officials we have nowadays. There's only one thing they're looking to give there. What they're looking for the tiniest little chance. To blow that whistle and point to the spot and become the centre of attention, and he didn't didn't give him a sniff. Best, oh wonderful, wonderful, Saliba.
1: Uh, nine shots in the first half. We had the most shots since um, uh, it was a game on Boxing Day against Bournemouth in 2019. Alex, that was Arteta's uh, first first game, and you know it was an impressive stats you know he's won on his first first game on a Monday um and uh you know he's getting nine goals 51 minutes in from the edge of the area uh, there was a free kick now on this free kick you felt that uh Martinelli was standing over it you thought it was going to go different I'm going to play the video it leads to the penalty and then just but you can talk it through it for any up anybody on audio
3: yeah um I just uh, I saw Martinelli was standing over it and I was kind of wondering why because it was perfect for an uh, for a left-footed, in-swinging cross, and then I didn't get to think about it before he played that short pass into the box, and Inqetia uh, was quick to react and he got to it before Sam Johnston. Um, but yeah, it's just those little things that that wins games, and that's what one wanted for us this time. Um, and I saw someone uh, sort of uh, making the comparison to to uh, NBA and basketball because that was kind of what. Uh, Thomas Partey did. He screened the the Crystal Palace the f- defender, so he couldn't get to Eddie. Um, and I'm I'm 100 sure that it's something that's been worked uh, worked on in, in training, and it's something they've they've uh, worked on. Um, and I just love those small little details in the games that we've often gotten right. And um, our set piece coach has helped us uh, win many games with those sort of small little tricks. So it was just clever.
1: And that led to a penalty and the decision over the penalty and who was going to take the penalty. uh, A lot of, a lot of teams talk about that there's a penalty ticker uh, nominated beforehand, but it seemed there was a bit of a debate about this. Dan, um, it it, hands the ball to Odegaard. Odegaard takes the penalty. What did you make about, like, it seemed a bit not chaotic, but it, it just didn't, it didn't look like somebody wanted to just pick up the ball and take the penalty straight
2: away, did it? I think correct decision, if I'm totally honest. Um, Listen, the, the lad has shown massive, massive balls to come back from what he did and score some of the penalties he's done since. Um, but he has missed a couple. And there's not a criticism of him because there are some people that are just naturally better penalty takers. And I don't think he needs that pressure of being a penalty taker. And I think Erdegaard said after the game, he was asked about it. And he said, you know, he'd just gone up to um, Saka and said, you know, I've scored my last couple. Can I take it? And Saka's gone, yeah, take it. So I, I like that from, from our skipper to step up and say, Do you know what, I'm going to take responsibility and, um, you know, a cool, calm penalty right at the time we need it. So um, that's not, it's not me saying I think Saka would have missed it. I think Saka, you know, eight or nine times out of 10 scores them, but it, he he has missed a couple. And I think the, the lad is good at so many, many things, Um you know, he doesn't have to be our penalty taker as well.
1: Trev, here's the penalty uh, coming up here.
0: I've a lot of these jumpy up and down run-ups. i running and whack it, you know, but eh, it worked, so yeah! we'll take it. Um, and it's what wins games, isn't it? It's what wins games. I, I'm going to give Palace a lot of credit for the way they played and give Arsenal even more credit for the way we battled and and got a point. Because Palace ain't going to struggle this season, I don't think. I may, <laughs> I may live to eat those words, who, who knows, but... Palace are going to be there or thereabouts this season. They're not in a relegation battle, far from it. They're a decent side at home in front of that crowd, that raucous crowd. So, yeah, I'll take a penalty 1-0 all day. Move on. Who's next?
2: Um, So uh, we just talk about tourists in the crowd taking videos of penalties?
0: Oh, no, they were kicking out of the ground, didn't they?
2: Bloody oh,
1: tourists! To, to, oh, to, oh, the, to be honest, uh, I had Tony Murphy come up beside. We got bloody tourists and the video cameras, and the phones and this. And I turned around and said, "I said no." It was it, that's when the high Saka song was going, and it was really going proper. And then uh, leading up to the penalty, because everyone thought Saka was going to take it, and I just wanted to grab the atmosphere. I was going to show it on here, and then the little bit I got was, was not great, but I kept that the, that in there. So up yours. Tourist, <laughs> <So, laughs> Listen, we seem to down, to, not down tools, but we seem to, you know, for a few minutes uh, go down a couple of gears after we got one nil up. I don't know um, if that was your observation, but, you know, there was a couple of incidents which led to the yellow cards, which we've been uh, intimated about earlier, which was a bit of time-wasting. I did see something on Twitter and TikTok about the, um, I think it was Havertz was going to take a throw-in, and it took him about 15 seconds. He passed the ball to Tomiyasu, and Tomiyasu took eight seconds. And because the Palace players, who had been equally time-wasting as as much, um, complained, Havertz didn't get the yellow card. Tomiyasu took the yellow card. I I, I find that difficult to understand. I understand and I appreciate that they're trying to stop time-wasting as such, and people kicking the ball away, and people gesticulating, yellow cards, which party did do actually in that uh, at one point um, later in the game. Um, but I understand the change in the rules, and the players should understand the change in the rules. But how Tommy Asu ended up with that first yellow card when it was Havertz who took even longer, I I, I, I don't get it. Uh, can somebody can, who wants to explain to me why he ended up with it over not even given to Havertz who had the ball
0: even longer? They were saying. Not long before the referee had gone across, I'm not sure if it was to Ben White or someone at the back and give it the big,
3: yeah,
0: it no more of this, you know. And and I think that uh, Tommy Asu came just after with that throwing, he sort of took one for the team in that yellow card, you know. I that do you know what that that yellow card doesn't bother me as much as the next one, right? That yellow I'll show card... you
1: that then you can talk through this while it's on,
0: yeah. You see, Ayu knows, right? Ayu knows that Tommy is on a red, a yellow card. He knows he's not stupid, so he's gonna go. I, I said earlier in the show, right? Ayu's a clever player. He's a pain in the backside, clever player who knows how, how to how to how to play the game both ways. And he felt a touch on the back there, and he went down. Then, then the, what concerns me comes in there is that the referee has looked at that and said. That's another yellow card because, you I mean, first time I saw it, I knew it wasn't. I knew he hadn't pulled his shirt because his shirt doesn't leave his back. And you know he's not pushing him because he's pulling his arms away. And, I, and I'm not a paid referee. And watching it in real time on the TV, I knew that wasn't a yellow card. And do you know what really bubbled me, what really, really got my back up, right, was that Gary Neville on the, on the, on oh. the TV, who's meant to be the expert, Who he gets paid all of our sky money that we pay to sky to be the expert said, and I quote, he had a little tug at his shirt. You're always going to get booked for that. That's the expert. That's who's and Carragher
3: agreed as well. You what, mate? And Carragher, he agreed as well. He thought it was a yellow card as well.
0: Hang on, hang on a minute. These, this, this bloke, this expert uh, has had the benefit of a replay of two or three or four because he's got screens all around him. And he's still taking about 10 goes to see what I saw in real time. And then still saying the wrong things. I was fuming with what Neville said because it doesn't help the game. Th- those pundits need to be not saying t- things about players like that. He should have said the referee's got it wrong there. The ref- you don't have to say the referee's an arse or the referee's a knob or the referee's a dick or the referee's an idiot. All he has to say is the truth. The referee got it wrong. And he didn't. For some reason, he didn't, and I can't work it out. And while we've got pundits like that saying those things, we're going to struggle to move the game away from these idiot referees.
1: I think this is the clip.
0: I think if players are starting to get sent off, I mean, obviously this one is is always going to be a yellow card. But if you've got defenders or other players on the pitch that are wasting time, you're going to get booked. This will have a bigger impact tonight, this sending off, on time-wasting for players that will be adding 15 minutes on at the end.
1: Uh, that's not the quote that you said, but I, I did hear the quote that you said. But it's the same, same well, rhetoric and the same yeah. BS sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Alex, what's uh, your thoughts thoughts on the yellow card then?
3: Yeah, I think the first one was fair enough. Um, I think it was just Tommy was unlucky because he ended up with the ball and he, he didn't actually take long a long time uh, with the throw-in. It was uh, Havertz who took a long time and then passed it up to him. So I think it was fair enough. Uh, that he got the first one, and then I mean, yeah, with the second one, I think the only thing he did wrong, Tommy, was to let, Ayu, uh, get on the on the other side of him to spin him. But yeah, I mean, there was no contact, no contact. and I think, I think um, it kind of shows one of the flaws with VAR, which is not being able to review a, a second yellow, uh, which leads to a red card. Because I mean, I'm I'm sure if if the ref went to watch that on the screen. He'd, uh, he'd never give a yellow card. So, um, yeah, for me, it, sh- it shows one of the flaws um, in the VAR system as well.
0: Yeah, mm. absolutely. It shows they need to change that rule and change it quickly. Because at the moment, that referee's given a yellow card when it shouldn't have been given, and, and that's made it a red card, and Arsenal can't challenge it. So the referee sat at home in his tea thinking, oh, I've got one wrong, but it don't matter. I'm not going to be made to look an idiot because they can't challenge me. That's wrong. That's wrong in any form of life, not just refereeing. You can't do something wrong and not be challenged for it. And that's where referees are. They're not going to improve while we're not challenging those mistakes. It, it, it's a desperately bad rule that needs changing. And if the if the FA or wherever it is, the Premier League, have got anything about them, they will, be, at this very moment in time, be thinking, we need to look at that second yellow. We need to overrule this. you know. But they won't. They won't.
2: I'll tell you it's what, though, a, Trev, the one thing I'd want to see and we've said this word many, many times now, is consistency. Because if that's a yellow card for the first one for time-wasting, and there is a limit in total for players taking a yellow card, fine, I want to see that for every single player. But I guarantee if that was a second yellow, they wouldn't have given that second yellow as a red card for time-wasting. just would never happen.
1: And I know not all of us watch the Women's World Cup, but there was an instance in the Women's World Cup where a Spanish player kicked the ball away um, to waste some time. Uh, for a throw-in um, and they were on a yellow card already and the referee went to reach for the yellow, realised that that player was on a yellow card yeah, and decided that. to not issue the second yellow card. Uh, you know, uh, I, it, it, I know it's it's not the Arsenal game, but I'm just saying, it, just to re- reiterate the point you're trying to make, it's, it's consistency and there should be no... Uh, if it is, that's the law and that's the way it happens. Sorry, you time-wasted and Sorry, I thought you pulled the shirt. Um, then, OK, the referee's human, he can make a mistake. Uh, he issues two yellow cards and we can't co- really complain about it. But if they are ma- changing in their mind, are, they're not using the technology that they could use. Um, it's, you know, it's it's a bit... Listen, um, yeah. we, we then had 20, 25 minutes to, to hang on um, and the hang game on, was managed. On. Where are you
2: going? Very, very,
1: very...
0: Hang on a minute. Dan what was you... talking before you L-D-L. wrote the Huh? Oh, come on. I, I, I left it?
2: the game not long afterwards, so I'll leave it to you three, shall I? He's, he's hey. in a rush. He, he wants to get off and go and have his tea, doesn't he? Look, he's done
0: it now, Dan. Look at <laughs> <him>. <laughs> was no, oh, the you. Only other thing I was,
2: the only other thing I was going to say is, again, inconsistency, right? And, and, and the time wasting thing is a different issue, but inconsistency within a game, within a matter of minutes, right? Because that Tommy Asu's second yellow card, one is ridiculous because he doesn't put his shirt. You could argue the lightest of lightest pushes; his hand touches barely his back, and he falls over like he's been shot. But then straight after, for Ayu to quite literally—so <laughs> our folks got that's a lot better—for um, Joel Nyi to literally tug Saka to the ground and not get a second yellow card in the same game within a matter of ten minutes it's just, ridicu- just ridiculous—and—and. And, I just I just can't see that this is gonna be applied in every single game this season. Other than in Arsenal games. You know, and, and this isn't just a VAR issue. This is the ref's performance in that game I thought was awful. It was. I'll finish the Oh, I'm done. Oh. Did, uh, you, you're taking over, apparently.
0: Oh, look, Ferg don't want to talk now. Look, you straight. <laughs> oh, oh, here, right, oh please, Fergus,
2: please,
0: Fergus. <laughs> Hang on, a I'll put well, this that... right. There you go, Dan. Get in there, son. <laughs> I'll
2: tell you what, that looks <laughs> good, doesn't it? That looks good. That looks good.
0: Sure well, it's like sure. a big
1: red sun in the sky.
2: <laughs> go on, put me back up there. I'll, I'll lead it. <laughs>
1: Uh, so, so we 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 had twenty twenty five minutes to 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 go. Um, at that point, I said bid farewell to Dan and I made my way back to Norwood Junction because I just wasn't feeling it. And um, I I I I got to listen to some of it back on the on the train. Uh, but some performances that were outstanding. Um, and I'll let you guys talk about the substitutions as well. But uh, Odegaard in particular, when he scores first, uh, you know, we uh, he scores first. In 32 out of 36 games we win, uh, and the other one as well, which I'd like you to talk about a bit, Dan and, and Alex, is um, uh, Declan Rice's performance. So, oh. you know, his, oh. he was just outstanding in his I haven't even spoken about uh, him, Trev. Go first, and then uh, Alex and, and um, uh, Dan can jump in.
0: Our second game in the league that he's played for us. And I saw the player that I hoped he was going to be already, Ferg. I mean, to what before he left, most Arsenal fans had grown to love Granit Xhaka. He turned us around and we all, we, all, we all got to see him go. We all loved him, you know, most of us. But I'll tell you what, respect to Xhaka, but Rice is showing already that he is a step up in class. He just purred his way through the game, went into spaces, shut people down. I could talk all night about it, Ferg. He was man of the match by by. A, he was man of the match in a team that played well by a mile. That's how good I thought he was, right? I it just it just you could see there was already an understanding as this season goes on, and him and hopefully party stays fit and, and they and that, the WM the middle of the two start start getting to know each other even better. I, oh, I, I, I'm lost for words, Ferg. I'm that excited about it about watching. This, this, this team developed. Now we've got these extra players. Now I mean, Timber's gone, which is a sickener, but Saliba and Gabriel and because Gabriel was so good when he came on, and then Rice coming in next to next to Party and feeding our young kids up front. You're gonna have to stop me because I'm just gonna waffle all night about it. This old man's so excited.
2: I mean, I can, um, I can jump in. So the the reason the reason I sent these graphics. Another, if you want to show him, maybe the second one, for example. What's interesting, you look at the position on the left, he is the guy right in the centre in the sixth roll. Yet, you see his pass map and his passes by zones. He's just all over the pitch. So he doesn't stay in that one area. He literally does run around the pitch and gets involved in all areas of the game. And then if you go back to the first graphic, I think it even says on their distance covered, the highest. But your number six passes in the final third, second most. Expected assists highest and that's your your number six the thing with Declan was I think when we're playing well and we're on top of a game I think he's going to go unnoticed a little bit but I think what you'll have with Declan Rice is that when we really really need him he'll be the guy that steps up because he is just a natural leader and I think we saw that with with 10 men at the end that he's just game he just game went up another level and he's going to be I mean he's already such a likable person I think and he's already started to come across that he um that you know, the way he interacts with the fans, and the fans I think are grown to love him already. But I spoke with a West Ham fan a few weeks ago before um, we started the season, and my view on Decton Rice was 100 and whatever million were overvalued, he's worth 50 55 million, maybe, and he's a good player. And their words to me were, You just watch him week in, week out, and I guarantee your opinion will change, it will go from. He's a decent player to he's one of the first names on the team sheet. And I think he could be that guy that just when we really need him in times when we're in a running, when we need to dig our hills in, when we need to get over the line in games like last year, West Ham away, Liverpool away, he could just be the guy that gets us over, over the line and those extra few points, not so much going forward, not so much opening up a team, but in terms of being vocal, organising people on the pitch in the right places at the right time I think he could be that man Alex?
3: Yeah I agree with everything Dan said and I feel like I could speak for hours about um, Declan Rice but I'll I'll make it short but I think us Arsenal fans we saw the first little snippet of why we paid so much money for him um, against Palace in that game Um, and we have to remember as well he's He's only 24. He's only just come into the team. He'll get even better and better. And I think one of the things um, which I wrote about in the article is I think he'll add um, more goals and assists to his game as well. Uh, th- against Palace, he sat a bit deeper, played more central. But even then, he he almost got an assist uh, from that pass to Nketiah. Um, and I think in, in some games where, where you play more uh, further up the pitch, like he did against Forrest, I think we'll see um, even more uh, goal threat from him. Uh, he got close as well against Forrest, but I think if he can add more goals to his game and then more assists as well, I can't see what's stopping him from becoming one of the best midfielders in the world.
1: That's what West Ham fan, fans say to me. Trev, you were going to uh, interject there because I know whatever Dan said
0: got you. I was just agreeing with everything the boy said. It... He just, he excites me. And he, you're right, he did play further forward against Forrest. He was desperate to score. He had a couple of shots, didn't he? Turned away the decent save. Played slightly differently away and in a away game at Palace, as you said, a little bit deeper, but still, still made the moves in the middle of the field. And, and as we've seen from that, I hadn't seen that graphic before, as you boys know. Got all over the pitch. And, and when a player of that class gets all over the pitch... That's that, when, when players, players, opposition know when opposition know how good Rice is. All Rice has got to do is move into space. He's going to drag two players to him and make a space behind him. You know, he's that good, Rice. He's, his movement off the ball will be just as important as his movement with the ball because he'll move the opposition fence around the park when he, even when he hasn't got the ball. You know, he's that good. He can be that good. And, and as the boy said, two games, what have we got to come? I just hope he stays... Don't let the Arsenal's curse strike again. Please let him stay fit, eh?
1: Um, Arteta and his substitutions uh, have been a question uh, last season. We've come along and sometimes wondered what why he's made certain substitutions, why he's left it so late. In this particular game, he was forced to make some tactical changes because we're down to 10 men. Trevor, uh, you uh, hinted on it uh, earlier as well. Um, Gabrielle, you spoke to us before we came on live and and mentioned it briefly, that Gabby's performance, uh, we wondered why he wasn't playing. Uh, There's a lot of people talking about maybe he has an injury or something like that, which I don't believe he has. Uh, But when he came on, you went, wow, what a performance.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the first, the, the first substitution, I was a little bit, I was a little bit, what, what's going on here? When he took Martinelli off, I thought he might have took Havertz off because I just thought when you're playing with ten men, Martinelli gives you a bit more of an outlet, a bit up further up the field. But that's what the, the Gaffer's decision was to take Martinelli off. Fair enough. But when Gabriel come on, you you looked at him for for ten seconds, right, and you knew straight away that. Here was a player that might be upset at being dropped to the bench, but he weren't going to show it on the pitch. If he's upset at being dropped, he's going to be showing it where he should, in in Arteta's office. And and we've had players in the recent past who have come on the pitch when they've been dropped or when they're upset and disappeared, not wanting to play, embarrassed us actually, wouldn't be an overstatement, but not Gabriel. He was chucking himself about and he was ranting and raging and lifting the team it was, it was backs-to-the-wall stuff from a different era. I'm not going to rant on about different eras, but it was backs-to-the-wall stuff, and we were not going to give a goal away, were we? They had one chance that they blazed over the bar, and that was it. That was it. They didn't get a shot on goal, I don't think. We were that good backs-to-the-wall. Proud of them. So proud of them.
1: Uh, Dan, your thoughts on substitutions and the performances and, and, and Arteta's moves on those substitutions?
2: Yeah, I mean, it's just so nice to see a team now that's got a bit about them that can dig in and grind out a result because we haven't had that for quite a while. You know, we've had that of teams of old that have won titles, but we haven't had that of the teams recently that have not got over the line. But those subs he made, I think, you know, not just Gabriel, Kibior that came on as well, I think had a very, very big role. Jorginho in front of them as well had a very big role. And he, near enough, did the the Liverpool away 0-0 years ago with, um, with Rob Holding coming on, he did it sort of against Palace, you know, came on, went to a back five, moved Ben White out to right back, had at Zinchen- left wing, um, and then was it Sabri- um, Saliba, Gabriel and Kivior as, as the three centre-backs. So went to a back five, and then the um, you know, the three in front, moved party inside with Rice and with Jorginho, and just just sat in. And th- there's so much experience in those guys that came on. The likes of Zinchenko, I think, is, you know, still an attacking fullback, but a very experienced title winner. Jorginho, Champions League winner, you know, and even Rice at, at the age is, very experienced in the Premier League and Partey alongside him. And, and, and those guys, just just communication within the team and organisation, just just turn us into a different team.
1: Yeah, uh, Trev, because you mentioned it before, Mart uh, was it Martin? But up a comment about George Graham esque uh, defence. Um, you mentioned it. Go and expand on that a bit more because you, you obviously have a light mind,
0: mate. Just just watch the way we played when with ten men, but particularly when Gabriel and I, I missed Sinchenko and Kivior. That was naughty. Came on, but that that's what we used to see week in week out. That's what we missed. Towards the end of Wenger, that bit of bite, that bit of that bit of passion, that that bit of grit about the side, we didn't seem to have that, and it's back, and it's back in a big way. Looking at that gate, that Palace result, it is back in a massive way. That's what we used to get week in, week out under under um under George Graham. You know, you used to get a team that was going to play their backs, play play till they've dropped for the for the manager. And it appears that Arteta's got a bunch of lads around him now that are going to play till their last breath for him. And as a supporter, I don't ask for any more than that. That's all I, I've always said, it, haven't I? That's all I ask. Go out on that field and give me everything for this badge, you know? And I was so proud of them, that last 20 minutes. Wow. Unbelievable. Didn't a Palace at home with 11 men, with that crowd behind them, coming at us and coming at us and coming at us, and we looked comfortable. I really thought we looked comfortable and didn't look like giving the gold away. Very, very good. More, more Better than a lot of people to give us credit for.
1: Alex, uh, I heard Trevor mentioning earlier that uh, um, Declan Rice was by far his man of the match. Uh, in your player ratings in the, the Gooner, um you had Declan Rice and also Saliba at nine out of a ten. If you were to choose one of the two, who would you say was your... Um,
3: was you a man of the match then, um, Alex? I'd go with Declan Rice because I think he did so many things well. Um, not only his uh, like his presence in midfield, but his passing uh, as well. And then he should have had an assist as well. So um, I, I, I'll give it to to Rice, even though I think Saliba was outstanding as well. Uh, was,
1: that, uh, Dan, was that Dan... another?
2: Was that another Alex article? Oh,
0: Alex! Ooh.
2: Yeah, it ooh, is his he's, he's done well. He's done
1: well. Uh, listen listen, Mr. TikTok. <laughs> Fifty nine thousand. Oh, I know you're keeping account on so today? Really Fog, Fog, just do yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Put me to the no, top. No, no. Okay. Do, okay, do, do you want to say who your player of the of the match was that
2: the man of the match was? The fans. No, I'm going with that. De- I'm going with Declan <laughs> so i with Rice. I think he was the best player by a mile.
0: Although Alex, Tommy Ashley, four out of ten. Come on, mate. He yeah. got send off. I saw that actually Alex, you should be ashamed of yourself, son. Oh, I thought he was the,
2: honest...
3: the the worst player of the game.
2: You're not going to get an all oh, Alex from me for that, sorry. Not not good enough, Alex.
1: Yeah. Well, to, to be honest, the, the one I was going to say, I for me, I I because I I didn't watch the game as intently as I would normally watch it. Um I thought Saliba, because I've uh, seen that tackle in front of us, um, uh, th- th- that tackle in front of us was just outstanding. Uh, Saliba was there, but I thought Rice had an excellent game. The one I was going to question you on on, on here was um, uh, Martinelli, 6 out of 10. Uh, I just thought, you know, a little bit harsh, do you think?
3: No, I don't I don't think he had a good game. Uh, I think he... he sh- First of all, he should have scored uh, in the second minute when Havard set him up. Um, and then... I just didn't think he looked up to his best um, at Palace. And then, of course, he got substituted early as well. Um, But yeah, I just, I thought Saka was better than him. Uh, I thought Eddie was better than him as well. So I just, it didn't make sense for me to give him, uh, Martinelli, the same uh, score as uh, Eddie and Saka. But I want to hear your guys' opinion as well.
0: Oh, um, I feel the need to reiterate here, Ferg, because I, I I said that Rice was man of the match by a mile. But I must reiterate, if by, man of the match by a mile in a team that played very well, I'm not running the other players down there, a team that we played really well as a unit, Rice just shone for me on the night.
2: I mean, I, I wouldn't quite say it was a six. I think... The the fullback up against him, I think, had a good game, to be honest. And it's normally one or the other where Saka or Martinelli gets the best of their fullback in a one-on-one situation. So but Gabby was still up and down all, all day, working hard as he always does. It was him with Eddie switched on to win the penalty. So if you're talking about moments that change your game, um Eddie making the run first and, and Martin Ellie being switched on enough to pick him out. So yeah, it's hard to judge because I, he I the time when we went down to I, ten men. Um, but up until I then, did say
1: I was, to you, Dan, though, in the stands, I did say that Martinelli wasn't having a great game, Um and I said Tommy Asu and 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 Martinelli were, if you're to to pick out two t- players who weren't at the best, uh, were the two. And I, even in the beginning of the podcast, I I, I asked uh, people's thoughts on on did uh, Tommy Asu feel overwhelmed on the game. Listen. Um, I, I suppose we've done that game to death. I think it was a great one nil away it's on a Monday night uh, at a difficult place to go to at the best of times. Um, uh, one thing that did come out of it, which got a, a great rendition, was uh, the, the Saka song, the Voulez-vous Saka song. <laughs> Well, Dan, <laughs> did I want to hear you hear that on Saturday, block five? Loud and proud, yeah, it will be loud and proud. Uh, Saturday, Fulham. Um, so, uh, we've got a three o'clock kickoff, a very rare occurrence. Trevor, you're up in Manchester doing some fundraising for a family member, so you won't be um, uh, joining us this, this weekend because uh, family as always, um, come first. But what are you expecting, and how are you expecting the lineups to be? Do you think we'll still have this? WM, as you, as you uh, talked about, um,
0: type of formation? I, I think that um, the, the, the whoever it is is going to grow a massive great pair of balls tomorrow and announce that they've rescinded Tommy Asu's second yellow card. They've changed the rules to show the refs that they can't get away with murder. I think that I saw us play against Fulham last season and we were by far the better side and I'm seeing us play against Fulham at home on Saturday and I can't see anything but a win. I'm not worried about Fulham. The, their talisman's gone. The, 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 the centre forward, what's his name, is gone. Right? He carried it's them rich. up front. Um, and then you you look at the Arsenal side, even without Tommy Asu, we're, we, we, we're strong. And we're very strong. And we're not going to get challenged by the likes of Fulham this year. Oh, God, don't let this come back and bite me badly. But <laughs> um, I can't see us getting challenged by Fulham at all. We are too good all over the park from 1 to 11, and we're going to win by three clear goals. Easy.
1: Hmm. OK. Alex, who's coming in from Tommy Asu? Can you see much of a change? Is it just going to be a man, man change or a formation change?
3: I think we might see a formation change, depending on if Sinchenko is fit to start. Um, but I think, hopefully, we'll see the first big win of the season. Uh, Fulham's been the the worst uh, defending team uh so far these two um these two games uh in in terms of uh, chances conceded so if we can finish our dinner this time which we haven't been good at the first uh, two games i think we'll see a big win and i think we should see a, a big win versus a uh a, a fulham side that doesn't look very good this season um they they need strengthening before before the window shuts if they need if they want to stay up this season i think so
1: uh Dan, your thoughts on, on how you'll see this line? up. Uh, Alex, give gives you a score prediction, by the way.
3: Uh
1: 3-0. 3-0. Okay.
2: I'm gonna go for 4-0. And I think there'll be a few changes to the lineup. I think with Tommy out, Zinchenko will come in. Um, I'm hoping that you'll see Gabriel come back in as well, alongside Saliba, and I think Ben White will go to right back. Um It'll be the same system. It would just be Zinchenko that comes in alongside Partey. And then I think you'll see Declan Rice pushed up further alongside Odegaard. And then Saka Martin in each wing. And then it's a choice between Havertz and then Ket up top for me.
3: Okay. Um, I don't, I don't I think, he'll think he'll drop Havertz. Do you think so?
2: Yeah, that's 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 the reason why I'm thinking I'm not sure, but then I also can't see him dropping Eddie at the minute. So um I just feel like both of them in that game where Zinchenko comes back in hopefully Gabriel does I don't think it fits so unless he's dropping maybe Partey or something like that and I can't see that happening either so um, it could be that Gabriel doesn't get back into the lineup at the minute and yeah. that it's Ben White a centre-back but I'd um, be yeah. surprised if he plays Partey on the right coming in and Zinchenko on the left I feel like it's one or the other so that's why I think Ben White yeah. will be back out to right-back if Zinchenko comes in on the left
1: yeah, that makes sense. Actually, that makes sense. Um, personally, I think we'll uh, we'll concede at home. Uh, we seem to have done it consistently last year, so I'm going to go for um, probably three one. Um, the the only reason Fulham Fulham are being flattered in 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 the league at in 13th position at the minute only because who they played in the first um, first league game was against
3: Everton, Everton. which is, and they shouldn't yeah, have won that probably, one.
1: Yeah, probably not. No, and but they you know. There's a lot of teams down there that are, are pretty damn average. That battle for the for the drop. Um, Don't, we talk
0: Don't talk oh. about Everton yet, boys, because we've got them, the away game after next, and it is Everton, and we yeah. have been abysmal there in the last two or three seasons. And the uh,
1: o- the only thing I was think I was thinking about that Trev. The only good thing is we've got them away earlier in the season. Yeah, um, when we had them. We had them February, but at stage they were in trouble, and they got rid of their manager. And I think Daish might last till November, December before they start take, thinking if they're going to move. By which stage we'll have played them. So yeah, not jinxing it or anything like that, but I, I do get your point. Um, so I'm going for I'm going for three one um, to to the Arsenal. And um, we've touched on Gabby and why he's not playing. Does do we think there's any, anything in this Saudi talk, uh, Dan? Do you think there's anything in the Saudi talk?
2: I mean, from what they've been saying, that Arsenal stance is, no, he's not going anywhere and that they've moved on, hopefully. Um, I did also hear a rumour that they've reignited some talks with Pepe, so let's hope that's also true. Um, But no, I I certainly hope not. I don't want to see Gabriel leave. Um, Big, big player, beast at the back for us. Um, Let's hope it's just noise. And uh, maybe he's just had a little niggle and he's just making sure that he, he doesn't pick up a an injury given that Timber's also out for quite a while hopefully he's just being a bit more sort of skeptical
1: Alex and another player that um is on the fringes um okay you talk about Pepe but Balogun with Chelsea um Monaco and Inter Milan um is it Inter Milan the Italian team yeah they all have shown interest Monaco have had a bid rejected Inter Milan I think they're in and out of it um Chelsea haven't made a bid yet um what's your thoughts would if if we let Belegin go I don't have an issue with him going to Monaco or, or Italy I have an issue with him going to
3: Chelsea don't you? Yeah it seems like there's been a lot of interest from uh, other Premier League clubs as well I've heard Fulham mentioned as well uh, but yeah of course I'd rather see him go to Monaco uh, I really don't want to see him go to Chelsea that's for sure so uh, I hope that Monaco will come in with a, with a bid in the region of £50 million pounds, which seems like uh, our asking price so I agree with you. I really don't want to see him go to another Premier League team, especially not Chelsea. Um, so, fingers crossed mm. that Monaco will come in with a big bid.
1: Yeah. Um, and I suppose the, the last thing to talk was just closing in the in, in the end, end of the transfer window. Trevor, is there any positions that you'd really like to see covered? We've got four really good signings in Raya, uh, Havertz, Rice and Timber. Sorry, I, I knew I had four of them in my head, but you know what my head's like. Um you know, would you like to see anything else come in? You've got the Saudi window uh, open until I think it's the eighth of September, but they can only eight international players. So talking about getting rid of people to Saudi Arabia, just getting uh, some money in and getting people with big wages off, like the likes of Pepe and so on, um, is getting less and less possible. So, would, is there anybody you'd like to come in?
0: Yeah, well, I can't name names because Danny then I led on the head earlier when he said they're they're a rare breed at the moment. But I'd still like to see a forward come in. It's all right. I see a striker coming. Okay, guys. Um,
1: we've done an hour and fifteen minutes. You know, if you like what we do, uh, we do it for fun. We enjoy everyone in the chat uh tonight we only went out on a little bit on facebook very limited but mostly on youtube we've had a few uh viewers in a little bit less than we normally would do um it's a wednesday night rather than a monday night but we would appreciate if you click the subscribe and the like button get notifications when we go online um you know uh it's it's fun the 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 more of you guys that we know are out there um, the, the 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 more fun it is for us to to um you know, just to, to get, to, to do it, you know, uh, we like doing it. Um, doing what? Before Doing what? Doing it, doing it. Doing it, I don't... doing it. Doing doing we well. like Wayne Fergus, to be honest. I like <laughs> doing it, Ferg. <laughs> do you? Yeah. I know you do. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, let's hope we hear a bit of this uh, before the Fulham game on Saturday. Listening to guns and yellow ribbons. and Arsenal... Oh, I think Trevor wanted to come back. Trevor, I saw your face. Really, I stopped no, it! No,
0: not at all, mate. I was just like, you know how that that song gets me. Ferg didn't want to come back at all, mate. Just, just smiling and happy and supporting our great club, aren't we? Eh? And we're going to do all right so, again.
1: Can I press the button?
0: Yeah. Pr- wait. No. Hang on. Uh, yeah. Now. Go on. Do it now. Go on